Hey fam, welcome back to another episode of Black Women Rising. In the last episode, we discussed the things I've been enjoying that have helped me quell my anxiety. Today, I want to talk about some of the mindset shifts that helped me get to a point where I could enjoy those activities and hobbies guilt-free while finding a space for productivity as well. I'll give a brief overview so you can decide if you'd like to keep listening. The three things are positive affirmations, minimizing friction, and establishing a new routine that fits my new lifestyle. Are you still listening? Good. With positive affirmations. Now, usually when I hear people talk about positive affirmations, I think of instances like that I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am rich, something like that. That challenge that was going around Instagram a while ago. The type of positive affirmations. I'm referring to aren't quite the same. We're getting very specific here, which now in hindsight, it kind of sounds like these positive affirmations that I was thinking of, but just just listen. Hopefully I explain myself. It's not just an affirmation. Last episode, I mentioned how I wanted to get back to reading more books and how I started saying I am a reader. Well, that's actually been an impetus in me reaching for my book more. Right now, I'm reading Where You Are Is Not Who You Are by Ursula Burns. Constantly telling myself I'm a reader in a way forces my actions to reflect that partially because I'm scared I'll say it to myself so much that I'll tell somebody else and I won't have read anything in ages. (laughs) However, I also want to start thinking of myself as the person I want to be or continue being. Once those actions start reflecting the affirmation, they can compound and boom, you're a reader again or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Something that's taken me a while to do is to be graceful with myself. If there's a day or a few days where I don't read, I don't beat myself up about it. I'm still a reader, but my whole identity isn't caught up in reading. The affirmation is meant to be a guide and a form of encouragement, not a source of shame or guilt for not completely devoting yourself to it. I'll let you know when I finish this book though and how it is. So far, there's one questionable piece of advice. Hmm. On another note, I've taken it slowly with one to two affirmations at a time. I do this so I don't overload and overwhelm myself with too many new or different hobbies at once. Again, being graceful with myself. When I feel like I have some consistency or a good handle on at least one, then I can move on to another or continue to establish a routine around the current affirmation. I'd suggest you start out with one, just to see if you even like the idea of doing it. Not everything is for everybody. So remember, it's all good and It's okay if it doesn't work for you or it's just not your thing. I promise you won't hurt my feelings at all. Hey fam, this podcast was launched using Anchor. I actually heard about it on YouTube since it was recommended for podcast beginners. Here are the top features for me, the beginner. It's free to use, meaning there are no hidden fees. They'll distribute your podcast to other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Overcast for you. It's an all-in-one service so you can record, edit, and post from your desktop or phone, in addition to having guests 
from your desktop or phone. Plus, you can earn money with absolutely no minimum listenership. That means you can get started earning money with one listener. If you were ever thinking of starting a podcast, now's the time. Don't believe me? Check out the free Anchor app or head to anchor.fm to get started. Have you heard of decision fatigue? It's been a really fancy buzzword this past decade. I recently revisited the term as I filmed a video for my YouTube channel on being late. Shameless plug for my YouTube channel, The Young Black Professional. Whether you check it out because you're like me and nosy, or curious as to what a podcaster looks like, hey, sometimes I just want to put a name to a face, or you're genuinely interested in some of my other content, check me out there, or as always on the blog, also The Young Black Professional. Okay, Liv, back on point, back to the topic. According to Medical News Today, decision fatigue, also known as ego depletion, is the idea that after making many decisions, a person's ability to make additional decisions becomes worse. Your incremental decisions are less likely to be as well thought out. This may not sound like a big deal because how many decisions can you make in a day, right? Well, the answer is a freaking lot. (laughs) Since I'm not going to get too deep into decision fatigue, unless there's enough interest in it, maybe in a future episode, let's talk about the second mindset shift, which helps combat decision fatigue, and that's minimizing friction. I try and make any decisions I have a clear mind for the night before. For example, if I know I have to leave the house tomorrow, I'll plan my outfit, jewelry and all, tonight. That not only gives me one less thing to do tomorrow, but also saves me time getting ready and gives me one less excuse for not doing whatever I need to do out and about. Looking at you, UFC gym. This doesn't always work though, especially after a long day when I'm tired and don't have the mental energy or willpower to plan ahead. But for the most part, it works well when I do it, and the more I plan ahead, the easier it becomes to do so. In the event that my plan ahead method fails me, I found a few fallback outfits in this case, but usually it's a fallback plan of some sort. And in this case, the outfits are low maintenance. They're clean clothes in my closet, at least until they're worn. But more importantly, they don't need to be ironed or otherwise spruced up prior to wear. I love them because I can just throw them on and feel like a million bucks. Now, the reason why they may not need to be spruced up prior to wear could be because I pulled it directly out of the dryer and hung it up or the nature of the material. Regardless, they're quick go-tos that help make my day simple. How is this a mind shift, you might ask? I'm glad you did if you did. Well, I tend to, let's just say, think, ah, outfits. You know, those types of things, they're simple. How much time could I possibly spend picking an outfit? Or how much time can I possibly spend planning my meal? And I put them off until it's time for me to leave the house or I'm hangry, for example. This is not the way. This is how I end up being late or going down rabbit holes or hangry and the completely belligerent hangry I'm talking about. I'm the type of person that needs to have structure or at the very least a plan of some sort. Doesn't have to be elaborate. I kid you not, it feels like I have thousands of thoughts a day and if I don't wrangle myself in, they will compound and they 
they will multiply and it will turn quickly into hundreds of thousands of thoughts a day. And they can just be random. I'm talking, I could be thinking about lunch and then I will think about how hard it has been to accept my hair working in corporate America and not seeing too many higher up professionals with natural hair embracing the natural curly or kinky or whatever texture it is of their hair. And how I got from food to my hair, I don't know. But that's that's just the way my brain works. So planning ahead and executing on that plan is how I set my mind up for success to keep on task and not have thought overload. Another shift I've made somewhat related to decision fatigue is to get back on track with a task manager. As this past week progressed, I realized I needed a new system to organize the things I had to do. This has become increasingly important as the number of different projects on my plate has increased. Knowing that I can't possibly remember everything, have a terrible memory sometimes, deadlines, ideas, when to follow up with someone, all that jazz, pushed me to find something that works for me. I've had Notion for a few years now, but I always found it clunky and unnecessarily complex in that it seems to try and do too many things, <laughs> too many different things at that. Well, go figure. It really works for me now, especially since I configured it in a way that works specifically for me. In the past, I've used productivity apps like Todoist, Things, and OmniFocus, of which the longest standing was OmniFocus. I had used it for at least four years. I even had a paid subscription for it, so that should tell you I was committed. I don't pay for subscriptions unless I commit. <laughs> Unfortunately, I realized that OmniFocus was too difficult to use in the sense that I was always spending more time setting up the new projects and things I had to do than actually doing the task or project. We couldn't have that, no, no. <laughs> so I left the task managers and other productivity apps alone for a couple of years with the exception of work productivity and task management. But here I am finally acknowledging I need something to help me keep track of all the things inside and outside of work. In the past week, I've been using my system in Notion and tweaking it here and there. And I have to say, I've been much more productive than usual. I made it easy for myself to check off things that are done and see at a glance what's coming up that still needs to get done, what's on the back burner, and things that I can do quickly and easily now to save myself headache maybe tomorrow or maybe later on in the day. It's helped me keep on task and feel more accomplished by seeing all of the things to do that I've done each day. It's my monumentally empowering to see yourself getting things done and being able to look back on the week and see a paper trail of all of the things you've done, especially when it comes to things that don't normally have a paper trail, like let's say calling a roofer or heading to the dry cleaners. I mean, if you get a paper receipt, maybe that's a paper trail, but who really keeps receipts these days anyway? It keeps me in check when I feel like I haven't accomplished anything because there's the paper trail, or I find myself feeling extra critical. And this is when I feel like I haven't done enough this week or I need to do more. And it kind of snaps me back into reality, understanding the tasks that I did get done. And if I leave a note for myself, why it took me so long to do it or what roadblocks I've hit or problems I had or people <laughs> got in my way <laughs> when I was trying to do the thing. Finally, let's talk about routines. There used to be a time when I was 
adamantly against routines. When I was younger, I felt like having a routine was the banal curse of adulthood. I wanted to be a young, spontaneous person, living minute to minute as often as possible. Mind you, I had goals, short and long term, but they never felt like they had to be bound to a routine in order to be achieved. I thought I could just live life like an adventure. I couldn't be more wrong. I mean, absolutely incorrect. I'll be completely honest, I'm still a work in progress when it comes to establishing and sticking to a routine. It's so weird not having set work hours anymore to revolve around. I'll admit, I welcome the change though. Having flexibility in my day to get other things done is a beautiful thing. It's mainly because I'm able to optimize my working hours by spending my time with complicated issues early in the morning, because I'm a morning person, I'm an early bird, and that's when my best thinking is done. Thus, I'm able to spend less time on these convoluted issues in the afternoon and more time on creative endeavors because this is when my creative juices are flowing and I feel better just letting my mind go go rogue for like for lack of a better word. Now here's an interesting analysis on the benefits of having a routine according to the therapy group of New York. End quote. They help us cope with change, create healthy habits, improve interpersonal relationships, and reduce stress. Studies have shown that daily routines have far-reaching mental health benefits, from alleviating bipolar disorder and preventing substance abuse to managing the symptoms of other mental disorders. And I personally find it to be true because it has helped the few times I have tried to stick to a little routine in alleviating my anxiety. And the way I feel now compared to the way I feel last year when I had just started therapy and realized I was burnt out and anxious and just over it all, I would not trade this for the world. I feel so much better and not 100%, nobody's perfect, but I feel less on edge and I don't feel like I need to have a drink or force myself to work out or do something to take the edge off. If you Google routines right now, you'll see tons of articles on the benefits of routines in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. The idea behind routines being helpful during stressful times, according to Very Well Mind, is that maintaining structure and routine can help you feel more organized and in control. I realized that I struggled to keep my routine during the height of the pandemic because much of it revolved around being outside of my house. I never took the time to appreciate that most of my time was spent outside of my home. I think this truly helped me spiral because almost everything I did outside of the house was stripped from me. Thus, my whole routine went kaputs, and there went the last shred of control I felt I had. This isn't to say I don't love my home and being at home. As a matter of fact, I'm very much a homebody. I just didn't adapt quickly or well at first. To be honest, I didn't even realize I had a routine until I reflected on my pre-COVID life. Routines are definitely banal, but my life certainly didn't feel cursed since I enjoyed the routine. Now that things are semi-open, and I reminisced last episode on being more consistent in the gym, I'm going to work the gym, or at least working out, back into my routine. I'll let you know how it goes. Maybe this is the healthy habit I can recreate. If you're interested in more of the ways routines are beneficial to your overall health, 
I've linked an article from Real Simple in the show notes along with the aforementioned news and research outlets. Alrighty then, those are the three main mindset shifts I've made in order to alleviate my anxiety in my day-to-day life. Thanks for hanging with me these past 15 minutes or so. I hope you learned something new or are able to approach a life change or change your own mindset with a new perspective. Be on the lookout for the last part of this three-parter in two weeks. So until then, have a peaceful one. Bye.